0: have you ever had to deal with a setback today we're talking about how your attitude can turn your setback into a setup for success lee chambers shares his story of how his curious mind and resilient spirit helped to overcome a serious health issue he says don't let someone else tell you what you can or cannot do so please stick around and enjoy the show Thank you. friends and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Tea. I'm your host, Tanya Tyler, and I'm excited because I'm going to be talking to Mr. Lee Chambers, who's going to be giving us some insight about his journey into where he is at now, and he's a, a businessman with a lot of golden nuggets. So without further ado, I'd like to bring on Mr. Lee Chambers. Welcome to the show, sir.
1: It's a pleasure to be with you today, Tanya.
0: It's a pleasure to talk to you. Like I said, you share your story because you had to overcome Um, um, a a setback, a physical setback that really um, propelled you forward to where you are, what you're doing right now. And and really had you reformat your plans and actually figure out how to strategize the struggles that you've been through to where you can build it and help bring people forward. So you have a compelling story and I don't want to share it all. So I would like to let you tell who you are a little bit about, where you are and and what you hope to bring forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I'm Lee Chambers and I live in the north of England, if you can't tell by the accent. And yeah, this is where I was born and brought up. So I'm from a blue collar family. Um, Parents worked hard and, you know, by working hard, they give me that appreciation for just how much effort is important if you want to progress in your life. So as a child, I was curious, I was disruptive, I was that child asking the question why why is the world like this why did they behave that way why doesn't it make sense to me and by by being that curious child it took me into you know interesting places and in conversations so I ended up with doing little entrepreneurial things when I was younger like trying to sell games trying to sell my mum's ornaments on the side of the street and um, but what it actually did is it really started to make me look and think, okay, so if I can potentially build a life that I don't have to work a blue collar job, two blue collar jobs, three blue collar jobs like my mom was doing at one point, um, that maybe I can find a way that when I have children, I'll be there more and will not be struggling just to put food on the table and roof over our heads. So in school i was quite academic you know i was that lazy young man getting the grades but not putting much effort in and that pathway took me all the way through to university the first one in my extended family to go and there was a lot of pressure there for my parents to set that example but it was a privilege to get there uh, and i got there and suddenly i move out to the city and you know i'm living the life the societies the clubs and freedom really suddenly I'm looking after myself and at first that feels great but I started to struggle a little bit like a lot of young men do I started to feel like I wasn't really that well equipped I'd not prepared myself for looking after myself all the time and you know my cooking skills were being tested and my timing everything was down to me and all that responsibility was quite a lot naturally as it as it would be and I started to struggle a little bit in the middle of my studies so, from a from a from a lot of perspectives, this this was 15 years ago, and I was struggling a bit with my mental health. Couldn't express myself, and didn't have the emotional intelligence or the self awareness to really find a way to do that authentically. Um, so I started to struggle a little bit. I felt like I didn't really have anyone to turn to to speak to about it, and my struggles my struggles with my ac- academics started to you know come to the fore. Finally, not putting a lot of effort in started to catch up a little bit because you can't just go for education without trying. It will come to bite you at some point. But all that came together was trying to make adolescent adult transition. And I just started to avoid things. So I had to work f- to fund my studies. So I stopped I stopped going to work. I stopped seeing my friends. I stopped going to the societies. Then I stopped going to university. And I just spent two weeks in my dorm, just isolating myself, just just avoiding the world. My parents came and took me home. And that was the first taste of adversity that I had. But through that taste of adversity, I, by being taken home took that pressure off me, just allowed me to reflect and start to realise, OK, so what has happened is you're not failing as a human being. Just things around you are failing because you're not preparing, you're not putting enough effort in and you, you're avoiding taking action instead of approaching it and taking ownership and responsibility. And being able to see that, I was able to build my confidence back up and start to realise I had control over quite a lot in my own life. And it was up to me to take advantage of those opportunities by being proactive, by taking a step forward into growing. And I was trying to be that 20-year-old who had it all figured out. And I realised no one has has it figured out. By the time you die, you'll still not have it figured out, but you'll have chiselled and understood an awful lot along that journey. So really realising that, give me something to move forward with, I built myself back up, got confident again, got a much deeper understanding of myself and went back to university and graduated. And being able to get that outcome kind of helped me to understand because I've taken ownership, suddenly I've grown and progressed in my life. So with this newfound, you know, yes, if I actually do it, things will happen. If I don't do anything, nothing will happen attitude. Uh, I went and got on a graduate scheme. So I'd had some time to think, right, Lee, what do you enjoy? What do you enjoy doing? And what makes you feel, you know, motivated inside? And the two things were helping people and data, patterns and statistics. Two things that polar opposites, but put them together. And I was like, okay, I want to be a financial advisor. I want to help people secure the monetary future so they weren't worrying about finances while doing all the projections getting all the compound interest and having all the joy working with all the numbers great I managed to get on a graduate scheme at a national bank here in the UK you know a really competitive scheme I did really you know I went through like seven interviews and I was like yes maybe this is the pathway my parents were like you go and get a job for life you've made it into the white collar professions well done son (laughs) Um, this was 2007 really not a good time to go into finance (laughs) so six months later with my training budget $12,000 of professional training it was cut because of the crash then I was like I don't have $12,000 to do it myself oh this ain't good but then a few weeks later I got made redundant and being laid off I moved back to my parents home again and thought man like this is like starting again what can I do and at first I was a bit like oh this ain't fair like I'm looking at jobs, there is no jobs in finance. I'm up against hundreds of people who've been in the industry for 20 years with experience, with knowledge, with skills that I don't have. And like, mm, this just seems like a bit of a kick in the teeth. And then I took a step back and realized, okay, Lee, take ownership again. Let's look at this proactively. You're probably not gonna get a job in finance. Accept that, that's the reality right now. So change your path. You're at home, You've not got a 20-year career, so you're inflexible. You've not got a family to support, so you can move. You can agile. You can do something different. Let's look at what skills you've got and make something happen. So I I wanted to set up a a video game business. Towards the end of university, I'd written a business plan and I'd done forecasts and I'd looked at market opportunity and done quite a lot of research, taking it to a mentor. And he'd said, Lee, you know, great plan, watertight nothing's inflated this is realistic you know you you could execute this but you're going to struggle because you're young you're black you've got an attitude problem and the industry you're trying to get into is very traditional very slow moving you're going to walk into those buildings and walk into those offices and people like me 55 year old white men who you know we've had our time we're, we're, we're grey and wearing suits. they Are gonna look at you and be like, who's "This young upstart. We don't trust him. He's gonna change things. He's gonna make. He's gonna make us, you know, take us to uncomfortable places." Right. So he said, "You know what, Lee? Maybe just go into the places where it's already more diverse because you'll have less barriers. It'll be easier. You'll have a smoother journey." And you know, being young and being a bit like, you know, this 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 man has made a success of his life from a business perspective, just made me think, right, I'll go and smooth those rough edges in industry. But being spat out of the corporate machine after six months made me think, I'm not conforming anymore. I'm not going to take that advice. I'm going to go tackle it head on and see what happens. So I started this video game company and moved into the e-commerce and wholesale space. And yeah, it took off like a rocket. I mean, I was up to six figure revenue after seven months and that was still with the barriers in place. I, you know, I couldn't get. I was struggling to get invited in, into the conversations that I wanted to be, and it took years to get to that point. But hell, you're not going to get there if you don't ask. If you don't keep knocking on that door, at some point you're going to get so big they can't ignore you. And <laughs> I managed to get to that point, and suddenly I'm, I'm running a seven-figure business with just me, algorithms, automations, and lots of help from my family and sometimes that's where it's at but along that journey as well I was still working as an employee you know you still have that at the back of your head blue collar mentality I'm gonna go work you know work hard but really it was more than that I was still trying to find what I wanted to do I was still working in local government and then in charities and then in elite sport because firstly After losing that professional training, I was like, I need to keep learning things. Every year I'm going to sign up and do something, something I choose, something I pay for that won't be taken and can't be taken away from me. So that took me into a number of different industries where I started to learn more about what I enjoyed, what I didn't enjoy, how I could help people and how I could, you know, really navigate the world in a different way. Now, you didn't have to have just one career. Like you know, there was a time when I was an elite performance coach. There was a time when I was helping unemployed people back into work by taking them on a process. There was a time when I was working in auditing in a local government. You know, we were boring, but I got to play with lots of figures. <laughs> well,
0: uh, I want to I, I want to stop right here for a moment and really reiterate some of the stuff that you talked about. You say you basically you took ownership on a lot of the decisions that were in your in your um, area to make that decision. So that's a key key point I wanted to touch on. And I also wanna like leave this moment here. If everybody's enjoying what Lee is dropping and, you, and I always say that and you're picking the golden nuggets up, please, please hit that like button down there and give us a comment down so we can follow up. And also uh, if we're gonna go and dive deeper into how he actually learned to accept some of the things that was in his control and the things that weren't out. And you really figured out the difference when you took time to reflect. And then that's how you started to say, you know what, I'm not going to let somebody dictate what I do. And you're going to take ownership and say, you know what, I'm going to, it's going to be hard, but I can do it. Right. Is that basically what you're saying?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I suppose that really came to the fore when I was at that place where I I had the business. My son was born. I'd met Mm -hmm. my wife and we'd bought a family house. And, you know, I I had a societally lovely life, you know. I had the car and the vacations to Florida and cruising around the Caribbean and then all of a sudden I became unwell, lost the ability to walk as my immune system attacked my joints and that left me in a hospital bed, you know, not only could I not walk, that meant I couldn't wash myself, I couldn't feed myself properly and all of a sudden that was like the, that was a massive thing because my wife was six months pregnant My son was 18 months old looking at me with his big eyes like, daddy, like, why can't you play? And I was just there. I was in a lot of shock. It happened in in the course of a week. I went from fully independent, fully mobile to in hospital, you know, hooked up and not in a good place. And that shock, it lasted for a few days uh, and then it started to wear off and then the pain hit. And then the pain medication took the edge off the pain and I started to feel frustrated and I felt angry because I'd looked after myself. I was like, why is this happening now? got a young family. I need to be there for them. You know, and suddenly I I feel like I'm a bit helpless. And that kind of, I, I made sure I expressed that to the people who came to visit me, to the hospital staff in as healthy and as positive a way that I could, but I needed to get it out. Couldn't bottle it up. You bottle it up bottle up those negative emotions they'll come to bite you in the future and we feel the whole spectrum from deepest despair to happiest joy as human beings because that's 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 what being human's about um and i kind of moved into a bit of grief so i started to grieve for my mobility and physicality as a young man because i didn't know how the pathway was going to go but after all that settled i got moved up onto a different ward at the hospital a longer term ward And in my room, I was with three older gentlemen and they literally said, you know, I spoke to them every day. They were saying, you know what, Lee, we were in our seventies and our eighties. We're coming towards the end of our lives. You are still in your twenties. You've still got so much of your life left to live. You know, you're going to be positive. You're going to be back up on your feet. They were motivating me. I was looking out the window across to the town where I was born and all the way across there is field between the towns fields that i would walked over hundreds of times and i just looked and thought not being grateful for walking until i lost it but i yeah. tell you what i'm definitely going to get it back and it clicks again lee it's time to be proactive it's time to take ownership you can't control this disease and what's happened to you but your recovery your health outcomes in your hands, and at that point, I was like, right, I need to start to think about doing everything that I can to get back on my feet and get back walking, and started to realise, you know what, recovery is a massive part of getting back, and it's going to be my mind, not just my body, that has to get into that place, And, and I almost said to myself, you know what, this disease is attacking me, I'm going to attack it as much as it is attacking me, and I'm going to turn this suffering into growth that was the motto that I had and there's no doubt I come out of hospital and I go into work in rehab and my daughter's born and for all that holding my newborn daughter I was like she's got none of society's expectations and boundaries on her and you know in less than a year she's gonna be up on her own feet walking and I'm gonna be walking with her And that passion of, you know, doing things for other people, I'm going to be up and mobile and playing with my children really fueled me on in those mornings when it was hard, when I was in pain, when I was stiff. I had to do all my physio, my stretches, my exercises. But every day I stayed consistent. I thought, this is who you're becoming. Don't listen to how you feel. Mm. Don't feel like, I don't want to do it this morning. No, no. Who do you want to become? I want to become back on my feet what am I going to do? I'm going to make sure I do my stuff. How am I going to feel after doing it? I'm going to feel good because I'm not lying to myself saying, you know, I'm going to get back on my feet and then not putting the hard work and the effort and not being consistent, not turning up every day. And really going through that has allowed me to understand that actually so much of this is your mind. You know, my body was failing, but it was my mind that got my body back into a place where now I can walk again. And, you know, it took 11 months to get back walking properly, walking a mile unaided. My daughter's pram was a walking aid for me. And I was getting back on my feet. And in so many ways, that that journey is intrinsically linked to my children, who are now today six and eight. But my relationship with them, because of the time that I spent with them, I decided when I was reflecting in that time that actually... I didn't want to run a video game business that made a lot of money but didn't make any impact in the world. Right. So, what I did is I stopped growing that business. And that business, it, it's given me so much. It's given me the chance to prove those people wrong. It's given me the chance to learn a lot of different skills. But more than anything, it gave me the financial well being when I was ill to recover without worrying about the finances of my family. So, using that business, I was thought, I'm going to use the business to do what I want to do now for the next few years, which was use my business, stop growing it and use the finances to spend as much time as I can with my children before they start school and do that while building the framework for a business, which helps other people. And that, you know, bringing in together the qualifications that I've done, my experience of physical, mental, you know, redundancy, and just looking at the different industries that I've worked in and taking out best practice building all that together and that is the company that I run today we centralize.
0: well you're like I said your story is motivational and like I said we were just dipping on the tip of the iceberg and, and I already <laughs> talked to Mr Lee and I'm asking will you be willing to come back and we can dive more into some more your your story
1: oh we'll be digging deep <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like I said, I love talking to our uh, guests and like he's, he dropped so many golden nuggets. Like I said, don't listen, you know, ask the kind of questions of who do you want to become? Those are key things. And I think he really touched on your inner dialogue is your strength point. So um, I know, like I said, we, we, we really went for the introduction right now. So what's the one thing you want to leave for with the audience?
1: It's definitely don't conform, find out who you are, express it. And sometimes don't take that advice. Advice is everywhere. Look for the encouragement.
0: I love that. And Mr. Mr. Chambers, where can people find more information about you, your services and what you do?
1: Best places to find that are www.essentialise.co.uk and leechambers.org.
0: All right, and for those who are tuning in, remember that feedback is always welcome. Emails if you have any guests and show ideas. Links that uh, Lee mentioned will be all down in the description box, so make sure you check it out down there below. Thank you for watching. Like I said, this was just an intro. We're gonna have a comeback, so we're gonna schedule some good conversations to follow up so you can draw some more nuggets for you. And if you enjoyed this video, or like I said, give us a thumbs up, leave a comment down there below so we can follow up with some more questions Next time we can dive deeper into the conversation. And if you're enjoying all the insights that Mr. Lee has dropped and then you want to hear more that other people are sharing, please consider hitting that subscribe button over there. And remember, take things in stride, go with the flow and create your own path. We'll see you back here on another episode of Coffee with Tea. So bye-bye for now. Hi everyone this is tanya again popping in to say thank you for listening to today's show coffee with tea interviews are always free and if you're enjoying the wisdom and insights that are being shared please stay and grow with us and show your financial support you can buy us coffee or become a monthly supporter links are posted in the description box and again i wanted to personally say thank you for tuning in